You're listening to the podcast from King's Cross Church in Charleston, South Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit kingscross.org. Josh, um, can we just stop and praise the Lord um, for just a minute that um, he doesn't have to use my golf game to build up the church? <laughs> praise God. It's, it's the body of Christ, right? Everybody has different giftings. That one, um, <laughs> that one's not mine. Um, if you are brand new, uh, welcome. My name's Chip. We're glad you're here. I'm one of the pastors here. If uh, if we're not already connected with you, you're not plugged in and receiving emails from us and the like, if you would fill out a connection card on the seat back in front of you, maybe drop it in the box on your way out the doors or stop by the welcome desk uh, before you leave today. We'd love just to stay in touch. We promise we won't send like two guys on bicycles with white shirts to your house. That's not us. That's another team. Um, <laughs> but we would love just to email you and and keep you up to date with what's going on and help you to find a place uh, to get connected. What we really love to do on Sunday mornings at King's Cross is to kind of study our way through books of the Bible. And we, we do that a little bit different uh, at different times. And so uh, if you've been here for maybe just a week or two, um, what we're in the middle of right now is this kind of small three-week series that's a little different than what we, what we normally do. This series... Is called Big Rocks, uh, Big Rocks First, Prioritizing the Important. And what I said last week is that the series really has two overall goals. My first goal in the series is to help you prioritize what's most important in your life. Because without me knowing everything about you, Without me having to understand everything that's going on with the schedule that your family has, I know this. Unless you are intentional about prioritizing your schedule, your life, the things that are going on, you will naturally drift towards taking care of the urgent before the important. Because everybody does that. So I don't even have to take a look at your calendar to know that that's true. There's this classic illustration about trying to put sand, gravel, and rocks in a jar. And the illustration goes that if you put the sand in first and then the gravel and then the big rocks, they all won't fit. But if you put the big rocks in first, then the gravel and the sand will kind of filter in and settle in and you can fit everything in the jar. And we said last week that this is one of... Uh, or similar to, rather, an idea that Jesus was talking about in Matthew 6, verses 31 and 33, when he said, Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And Jesus wasn't saying that things like, food and clothing and paying bills and a job interview that you have or a doctor's appointment that's coming up. or He wasn't saying that those things aren't important. What he was saying is that they aren't the most important thing. They are the gravel and the sand. They need to go in the jar, but they're just not 
the big rocks, that the big rocks are the kingdom and the righteousness of God. And so my first goal in these three weeks is to persuade you to order your life according to kingdom priorities first so that all these other things can be added to you. My second goal is to clarify for you what the priorities of King's Cross Church are in this season that together as a faith family we're kind of heading into. We talked again some about this before, but we are coming out of a season of establishing the ministry and we're moving into a season of growth, as you can tell, because the room's starting to get packed out. Amen? Right? And so there's probably two services coming at some point this fall. More about that later. But like, we're, this is the season that we're moving into. We've got to build up uh, the, or build on the, the ministries and the leadership and the systems in the church. And to do that, all of us together have to be aligned about what our priorities are as a church, what our big rocks are. And so this card that was on your seat when you came in last week and this week, because we know that some of you weren't able to be here last week, it's designed to remind all of us both of our individual priorities to seek the kingdom first, but also of our collective priorities. What is it that we want to make sure gets done in all this kind of cacophony of things out there that could get done. And so we talked last week about growing in the gospel, and very rarely do I tell you to do this, but if you missed that sermon, I would encourage you to go back on the website and either listen to the podcast or watch the video, because uh, hopefully the, the time and the focus that we're putting on this in these three weeks communicates something to you about how important we feel that it is. And so um, if you weren't able to be here last week or you haven't already listened to or watched that, I would encourage you to do so. This week, we're going to talk about the second big rock, which is this. To make it a priority to connect in community. Make it a priority to connect in community. Biblically speaking, the context for faith is the community of faith. Biblically speaking, the context for faith is the community of faith. The community of faith was central to Jesus' teaching about how it is that his followers would live. We see this in John 13, 34, and 35. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, so you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. When you repeat the same phrase three times in two sentences, you're trying to make sure that people hear you, right? He's saying that the way that people are going to know that you're my disciples is that you're going to love each other. Not by the size of your church, not by the budget for your international missions trips that you take, not by uh, how nice the building is, not by like the, 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 the way that you're going to be identified as followers of me, Jesus says, is the way that you act in community with one another, the way that you love 
one another. If you're not a Christian yet, and I know not everybody in the room is a Christian, it's important that you understand that you have to come to a place of repentance and faith in Christ on your own. Your parents, your spouse, your best friend, they can't do it for you. You, you, don't, you don't get saved and, and, and born again by osmosis, by just being around people. And the reason for that is because your sin, not theirs, has separated you from God. And what Scripture tells us is that there isn't anything that you can do on your own to reconcile yourself to God. You can't be good enough. You can't be honest enough. You can't give away enough. Like There isn't anything that you can do to make up for the relationship that has been broken between you and God because of your sin. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is that Jesus has already done everything that's necessary for your salvation. Everything that's necessary to repair that broken relationship has already been done by Jesus. And so the only thing that you have to kind of do, quote unquote, is just to receive the forgiveness and the salvation, the eternal life that is freely offered to all who would turn from their sin and by faith turn to Christ. That's the only thing that you have to to do is just to receive what Jesus has already done. But you have to do that as an individual on your own. You have to come to a place of personal faith in Christ. But once you do that, you are reconciled to God, but you're reconciled into God's family as an adopted son or daughter of the king forever. So you come to faith on your own, but you live out faith in the context of community because the context for faith is the community of faith. This has always been the case. This is not like some uh, you know, a millennial obsession with community trying to spin the biblical narrative. This has always been the way that God's people have interacted. It was true in Genesis 12, for example, when God made a covenant with Abraham and said, I will make you a great nation into a community of faith. It was true in Exodus when God said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And then later when he made a covenant with Israel after he brought them out of slavery and he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. It's true in places like Isaiah 65, 19, where God says, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. It's true in Matthew 16, 18, when Jesus said, I will build my church collective, the people, the community of faith. It was true when the apostle Peter wrote to the church and said, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. It's true today that the context for faith is the community of faith. You are reconciled by God's grace to him, but you are reconciled into his family. But for you to walk in the fullness of the blessing that God intends for that community of faith to be, you have to make it a priority to connect to it. With me, like that just doesn't 
happen. You have to prioritize the community that God has saved you into. There's three ways that we want to do that together as a faith family. The first one is this. We connect to community through relationships. Through relationships. You understand this naturally. Because this is true in every other area of your life as well. Think about, for example, however it is that you make a living. Depending on which study you want to look at, somewhere between 70 and 80% of all jobs are filled through networking, through relationships. If we went around the room, somewhere between 70 and 80% of us would say, the job I currently have I got because I knew somebody. Right? It's a relationship. Relationships matter in your mental health. There's a lot of research that is still being done on kind of the lingering mental health impact of the social isolation that we all experienced at kind of the height of the COVID-19 um, lockdowns in 2020. But just as one example, the Journal for American Medical Association said this, quote, it appears likely that there will be substantial increases in anxiety and depression, substance abuse, loneliness and domestic violence, and a very real possibility of an epidemic of child abuse. Because relationships got cut off and messed with us. Because we're created to be in community. Relationships even make an impact, watch this now, on how long you live. A Cambridge, University of Cambridge research study found that people with healthy relationships are 50, 50% less likely to die prematurely. Quote from the study, the influence of social relationships on the risk of death are comparable with well-established risk factors for mortality, such as smoking and alcohol consumption, and exceed the influence of other risk factors, such as physical inactivity and obesity, which is why I'd rather hang out with my friends than work out. I'm just trying to be healthy. <laughs> so I guess if you have friends that you work out with, maybe that's really good, but that's another term. So look, relationships matter. They really matter. And this is not me just making an argument from the Bible to try to convince you to do something, right? I, I'm telling you that, like, completely non-spiritual research tells you relationships matter. And, of course, it matters because that's the way God created us to be. This is especially true in the church where Jesus says, again, your relationships with each other will define you as a follower of me to the watching world. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And if you were to jump into the spiritual realm and look at research studies and writing, what you will find is that the vast majority of people come to and stick in a church because of relationships. If you were here um, a few weeks ago, you know that for three weeks in a row, we did this survey, or we asked you to do a survey because we're trying to learn a couple of things. And 
affirm a couple of other things. And so we're still in the process of beginning to comb through that data because it takes a little while. But here's one of the things in the first meeting where we sat down and we were kind of looking at some of the aggregate that just jumped off the page at me. If you, if you pull out the people who are a part of King's Cross because they came from one of our sending churches, right, if, if you kind of pull that group of people out, 77% of you are here because you either live on the Canehoy Peninsula or someone invited you. Right? 77% of you are here because of either proximity or relationships or in a very high uh, likelihood, both. That's why you're here. And if we were to fast forward three to five years, if you are still here, it's going to be because you didn't move away. It's be hard for you to attend here if you moved to Idaho, right? Because you're, you're, you didn't move away, proximity, and because you're relationally connected to people in the church. That's what's going to make the difference on your experience here. So if you are someone who wants our church to grow, the primary way that that's going to happen is your relationships. The primary way the church grows is because you love people enough who are close to you but far from God to invite them to church. Because you feel like it's worth my time. It's probably going to be worth their time too. It's helping me. It's probably going to help them as well. They're new. I just met them. They moved here from Maryland. They don't have a church home yet. I'm not exactly sure where they stand spiritually, but I know this. They could use relationships because they're brand new. And I know a place where there's really healthy relationships. Why don't you come to church with me on? So like that's the way the church, the primary way the church grows. Now, we're going to do some other things too, right? You like the new sign? Right? It's actually the old sign. It just got a facelift, but... Right? I mean, like we're, we're trying to do some things too. But the main way the church grows is through your relationships. If you um, want, you know, maybe you're somebody who says, well, I, I actually don't want our church to go. I wish all these people weren't here because I just like to have my own pew. That's the way I grew up, you know. Like, shame on you. Repent. But like, if selfishly, you would just like for your own spiritual journey to be as close as feasibly possible to the, the rich full, complex, vibrant experience that God intended it to be when he saved you, that's going to happen because you're connected in community. That's the way it's going to happen because God saves you as an individual, but he saves you into the faith family, the community of God, the church. And so our goal is to encourage you to and to create environments for you to intentionally pursue and cultivate and invest in and treasure relationships because that's the way that God designed you to be. Second, we connect in community through serving, through serving. Relationships, serving. The easiest way to get connected is to start serving on one of our Sunday morning teams because you're already here. Fair? Like, I'm not adding anything to your schedule. You're here. So you are already coming here at this time on Sunday mornings, it's already a part of your routine. So the easiest way to serve in and with the church 
Certainly not the only way, but the easiest way is to do it on Sunday mornings. And I'll tell you that this is something we do well. This is something that we do well. The vast majority of people who call King's Cross home are already serving on at least one Sunday morning serve team at least once a month. Like somewhere north of 80%. Okay? So if you're not do if you're not serving in any capacity at any time on Sunday morning, you're the exception, not the rule. So my encouragement to you would be like, the cool kids serve. So like, you know, what are you doing? You know, but like, in all serious, like, um, so serving is not some varsity level add on to the Christian life. It is at the core of who Jesus has called every single Christian to be and who and what he is calling every single Christian. uh, Now my words are getting mixed up. What he's called them to be and what he's called them to do is what I'm trying to say, right? It's at the very core, Matthew 20, verses 25 to 28. Jesus called them to him and said, he's talking to like the, the crowd, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. In other words, those who are going to follow me. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." To follow Jesus, to become like Jesus, is to serve. Just read through the New Testament, especially the Gospels. This is an inescapable part of who it is that Jesus says his followers are going to be. They are going to be servants. Now again, that doesn't have to be on a Sunday morning. It is surely much, much, much broader than Sunday morning, as Josh just talked about. But Sunday mornings are the easiest way to do it, because you're here. And so it is my conviction, you, you, some of you all have heard me say this many times, if the Lord has called you to be a part of King's Cross, there's something you have that we need. There's something that God has given you that he intends to use to build up the church here. And it may be that you're a good golfer and you can help other people to fellowship by going out to a driving range and helping them to shave a few points off. That that may be. It may be that God has put resources into your hands or a, a company maybe that you own or that you run and you can go to Josh and say, hey, we'd love to sponsor one of those pregame meals. It might be that. It might be that you're just friendly and you've never met a stranger. And like being able to stand at the front door and smile and you remember names pretty easy. And like when people walk by you, they just feel better because you're friendly. And so like we could use you on the first impressions team. It may be like somebody I talked to a few weeks ago just has some natural gifting in graphic design is able to help us with some of the needs that we have. Like there's something, right? You know, maybe you play drums and you've noticed that Steve's our only drummer and you feel like, does that dude ever get a break? Like... Maybe I could become part of the worship team and spell Steve every now. There's something you have. It might just be time. Some of you are retired. You've got more time now than you've ever had in your entire life. 
Can you leverage it for the sake of the church and the kingdom? There's something you have that God intends to use for the building up of the church. And when you intentionally step into service, two things happen. First, things get done. Things just get done when you serve. We have a small staff, and the majority of our staff are part-time. And so without unpaid servant leaders in the church, things don't get done. Sunday doesn't happen. I'll just give you one example. Um, statistically, statistically, we know that most first-time guests to any church decide whether or not they're going to return within the first 10 minutes of driving onto the property. Within the first 10 minutes. So what that means is that the people who serve on the parking team, people who serve on our first impressions team, people who serve over in King's Cross Kids doing check-in, the people who serve on the hospitality team that make the coffee, praise God, yes, right? Um, the people in the tech booth who are setting the atmosphere as you walk in, all of those people have more of an impact on whether or not first-time guests return than I do. Because I don't preach in the first 10 minutes of people driving on the campus. So, like, our worship team, and every person you see up here this morning, except for Jacob, is an unpaid servant leader, and he's part-time. So, the, like, this happens because of unpaid servant leaders in the church. If you, um, if you miss church on a Sunday and you subscribe to the podcast or you like to go back and watch the video, those things are available because unpaid servant leaders on the media team give time to stay after church to make sure those things get put up for you. So if you're someone who considers King's Cross your home, if you like participating in what it is that goes on here, can I encourage you to make it a priority to connect in community through serving so that those things keep happening and so that other people can enjoy participating in. Don't just be a consumer. Like, we want to help you move from being part of the crowd to being connected in community. Does that make sense? And, and serving is a great way to do that because when you serve, things get done. And second, when you serve, you get connected. And hear me, I'm not looking at that through rose-colored glasses. I, I, I believe that happens. I've experienced that happening. So uh, years ago, before I was in ministry, my background's in the marketplace. We, we didn't transition out of the marketplace and into ministry uh, until 2009 or so. So, like, I, I've just been a, a normal, like, you know, row-sitting member of a church lo way longer than I've been in ministry. So, um, back when we were at First Baptist Mount Pleasant, um, I started serving in the high school ministry just as, like, a lay leader like some of you do. And I served in that ministry every week for about four or five years. And in the process of doing that, I became very, very good friends with one of my best friends in the world, a guy named Paul Coleman, who now has planted a church out on the Isle of Palms called Deepwater Church. But I didn't really know Paul before I started serving with him. But you serve alongside, ever, alongside somebody every week for, you know, four or five years, like 
that relationship became deep and rooted. And our friendship now has survived actually us both transitioning on to other things. It moved from being just a proximity relationship to actually having some roots to it. I'll give you another one, and I ask their permission to be able to share this story. Some of you all know Megan is on our staff, and Ruth Sherlock, who is um, uh, one of our members here, um, they got to know each other because Ruth started serving um, in one of Megan's ministry areas. And they kind of knew who each other were, but they started serving alongside one another. Now they're roommates, and part of the way that they're living on mission together is they run apartment life at one of the apartment complexes up here uh, in the corridor. And, and so now their relationship developed and, and, and blossomed through serving. And it's not just adults either. Again, I asked their permission to share this, but um, two of our high school students, uh, Ellie and Madison, kind of knew each other and were hanging out together in student ministry at King's Cross. Then they started leading a grow group together. And you want to get brought together quickly. You start leading other students who are younger than you, and you get to know each other quickly. And now all of a sudden, Ellie and Madison's relationship has become much stronger and much deeper because they're serving alongside each other. If we went around the room, there would be dozens and dozens of similar stories to this, to people who have strong relationships with other people in the church that began because they were serving alongside one another. So there's lots of ways that you can step into doing this, but let me just give you two. The connection card in the seat back in front of you has a box on it that says, I'd like to serve. Just fill that out. We'll follow up with you. Give us this week, you know, by this time next week, we'll have followed up with you to see where you want to start. If, like, you don't really love paper things like that and you're digital, if you go to kingscross.org backslash serve, so just our website backslash serve, there's a whole list of all the teams on there. And down at the bottom, there's a link. It's been there for months and months. This isn't new for this series. You click on that, it brings up a whole survey, and you can fill out where you're interested in serving. And here's my encouragement to you. If you try out one of the serve teams and you don't like it, that's okay. Like, you're not committing to the rest of your life to be on the parking team if you sign up for the parking team. Like, if you try it for a couple of weeks and you're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I forgot how much I hated kids. Get me out of here. Like, okay, we'll get you out of there and we'll try another one. That's totally fine. We want you to serve in a place that, like, isn't torture for you. That's fine. If it takes two or three times, that's perfectly okay. So just come to us and say, hey, I love trying this out. It's not really working. And we'll find a serve team that works for you. But here's my, uh, also I would say, like, if you have no idea where to start, you're like, well, I don't know where to serve. Just start with first impressions. Just put down first impressions, and we can put you out in the lobby, smiling to people and saying hi. So I don't know all these people's names. I don't either. I'm the pastor. Some of you all know that. I've introduced myself to some of you like three times. It's monster embarrassing for me. Okay. But like they probably don't know your name either, so that's a great way to get to know people. So just put down first impressions, and, and we'll kind of start from there. But here's my encouragement. This is not a backdoor ask for volunteers. That's not what I'm doing. If you've been around a while, you know when we're short on volunteers in an area, I tell you that. 
I'm just right up front. I'll say, this is how many people we need in KCK. We need you to sign up in the next two weeks. Like, we're really up front about that. That's not what I'm doing. My heart is I want every person who calls King's Cross home to be connected in community. I want you to be growing more and more into the likeness of Christ by taking the posture of a servant leader, not just at church, but in all the places where you live, learn, work, and play all throughout the week. That's our goal. I'm just giving you an easy on-ramp to do that here, is to get connected by starting to serve. And third, we connect in community through small groups. Through small groups. Relationships grow in circles, not rows. Like, relationships blossom and are are fertilized. Relationships bear fruit over meals, on couches and back porches, and in settings where there is regular and repeated opportunities, where there is time and space for people to truly get to know one another. Relationships grow better in small groups than large gatherings. Now, both matter. We talked last week in the first column about the importance of worship services. So it's not either or. Both matter. This gathering matters. But I'm just telling you from a relationship standpoint, your relationships will go stronger with people in small groups than large gatherings. We see this in Acts 2.46. Part of the description of the activity of the early church, of those that followed Jesus in the initial days after his ascension. We read this. It says that they attended the temple together and broke bread in their homes. That's a large gathering worship service and small groups in people's homes. Now, at King's Cross, we do this in several different ways. Periodically, we have something we call equip classes. These are... um, classroom-style, curriculum-based settings that are designed primarily to help you learn more about what the Bible teaches. That's their main purpose. And so we kind of promote them as they come up. We do maybe three to six a year, kind of depending on what the schedule looks like that year. They usually last um, somewhere around four to six weeks, and they're intended to be a supplement to your spiritual growth. That, that's equip classes. It's kind of classroom-style teaching. We also have something called grow groups. Grow groups are micro-groups of three to four people, men with men, women with women, and they're focused on personal discipleship. And so um, when these groups start and where and when they meet and what they study is driven by the needs of the members in the group. And it's coordinated by either Beth Tappen, who's our women's ministry coordinator, or Josh, um, who's our pastor that oversees discipleship. So together, they kind of coordinate men and women's grow groups. But if you're not in a small group yet, the best place to get started is a community group. That's the best first step. Community groups are the best place to get connected, develop deeper relationships, and grow in your faith. 
And we've got community groups that meet all over the city. You can find all this information on our website. But we've got groups that are right up here on the Canehoy Peninsula. We have them in Mount Pleasant. We have one focused on the Goose Creek Hanahan area. area. And just last week, we started our first community group in West Ashland. And again, this isn't new. This is just what Christians have been doing, quite literally, since the beginning, since Acts 2. House by house, they did these things. So, like, we're not a super cutting-edge, innovative church, which I know is shocking. No, it's shocking. But, like, this is just what Christians do. So, look, if the only time that you connect with us is on Sunday mornings, can I encourage you to just try a community group for four weeks in a row? Just try one. For four weeks, because you can't judge anything off one or two weeks. Like, it, like any Sunday you show up here, if, if you're just going to judge us on, like there's some sermons that I do that it's kind of like, well, okay. I mean, that's kind of a bunt single that he legged out there, but fine, right? I mean, not everything's a home run, right? It's just not. Like some weeks you might come and go like, man, the music was, lo- okay, fine. You can't judge anything off one or two experiences. Jacob and I went to lunch. Uh, this past week to talk about some stuff, and we went up here to El Gallo. Y'all been up here, El Gallo, right? And the, so it's only the second time I've been there. The first time I went was right after they opened, like a week or two after they opened, and it's like, mm. right? Somebody else went. I was like, mm. I don't know about El Gallo. Let me tell you what, man, that place is hitting now. Like, if you need some Mexican after church, I was like, man, alive. Like, this is really good. Um, and it's because, like, you can't judge something based off once. Well, they figured a few things out. The decor is better. The seating's better. The menu's better. The food, like, all right. Like, praise the Lord. Everybody loves queso, right? Thank God. Taste to see that the Lord is good. But you can't judge a community group off just one or two interactions. So can I encourage you to pick a community group and stick with it for four weeks? We want to help you do that. So what I've asked is for all of our community group leaders to come up. So if you all would start coming up, what I want to have them do is they're going to introduce themselves um, they're going to tell you a little bit about their group, maybe where they meet, when they meet, that type of thing. Josh has already talked to them. They know what they're going to say better than I do. Um, and maybe something that's distinctive about their group. Because I know that if I tell you, go to the website, look at adult discipleships, click on community, like it's gone, right? Because if you were going to do that, you would have already done it. So I want you to be able to put a face with a name. Um, so Josh is going to have everybody uh, introduce themselves. Tell us about your community group. I'm, I'm George, um, Chrissy, Zach, and Jenny. We co-lead a group together in uh, Nellie Field. Um, it's basically kind of young married um, children from just uh, had a newborn to high school kids. So mm. we have uh, somebody that comes over to watch the kids, we lock them in a room while we group together. Um, um, not really, but... Um, <laughs> but we, we share, we usually do, recently we do um, review some sermon notes and mm-hmm. kind of do that. Um, we also will have dinner together, have a... Um, but for the most part, we get together every two, two weeks, Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. Um, we're in Nelly Field. Um, we have people in the various corridor that come and share with us. Um, do you want to add anything, Zach? 
Uh, I would just say if you're okay with loud, our group is a little loud with, you know, we do try and lock them in, but they're still or out. Or out, yes, or out. But um, again, we do have a variety of people um, and ages, so all are welcome for sure. So this, I'm Josh, this is my wife Christy, and uh, we have a community group at Mike and Valerie Walker's house, which are somewhere here, I saw them earlier this morning, there they are. So we meet on Monday nights at 6.30 in Martins Creek, which is a subdivision, just a couple of, I mean, like a half mile, you turn right out of the parking lot, and um, we, I think, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're the only house with a swimming pool, so it's a party, so, so we, we have gotten out in the pool several times, and so... We'd love for you to come be a part of our party. Uh, so we meet Monday nights at 6.30, but we're going rogue even for our first startup meeting. So we're, our first meeting's the uh, week of Labor Day, because Labor Day's on Monday. We're actually going to meet on Wednesday, September the 7th. So that's going to be our first meeting. Thanks, Josh. Uh, my name is Greg. This is my wife, Vivian. We uh, have a community group in the Battery and Park West. We meet on the first and third Wednesdays of every month. We serve food, and we also have a pool. So, oh. sorry, sorry. Oh. I mean, we, we live in a condo, so we have a pool. Um, but we would... Uh, yeah, well, okay. We have access to a pool. We open up the Bibles and... But the, 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 the most important thing is... Uh, Pastor Chip, we love everybody because we even have Tennessee fans in our community oh group. Um, I'm AJ. Um, I help co-lead um, the what we call a young people or something like that <coughs> community group. Uh, uh, young professionals. Um, again, we typically meet at my apartment or at Sweetwater. Um, I'm at Paxton Point um, just for, again, we have meals, um, things like that, as well as, um, and we just look to own and live out our faith. So, you got anything to add? Yeah, I would just say um, one of the things that I really love about our group is we know how to have fun without a pool, just saying. <laughs> um, secondly, um, our group is mostly people in their 20s or maybe a couple in their early 30s. Um, we have couples that are engaged, married. We have people that are single. So if you're in that demographic, please come talk to us afterwards. Um, we'd love to get to know you. Um, there are so many young people moving to this corridor. I think one of the things I love about our community group is pretty much everybody that comes lives in like a three to four minute radius in these apartment complexes or neighborhoods um, right around our church. So um, that's just something really exciting. So come join our group. Hi, my name is Bo Butler. Um, uh, hey. <laughs> uh, uh, my wife, who stranded me, didn't come up here. Um, and I, with the Benders, uh, we co-lead a group. We live in the Crowfield neighborhood in Goose Creek, and then several of the families live in uh, Tanner Plantation, Hanahan, or Ladson. So most of our group is young families, young kids. Uh, we meet twice a month because we're juggling those kind of schedules. So. Uh, if you're interested, we'd love to talk to you and kind of help you understand their, our cadence. So, Good morning. Uh, I'm Art Horn of Art and Mary Horn and our community group. Uh, my bride's back there, too. Uh, also uh, meets kind of in an outlier area, you know, North Charles, or North, North Mount Pleasant, right? Carolina Park, Riverside. So think down by the Riverside. 
I don't know that we're the grandparent group, but we do have a lot of grandparents. So if you need any kind of grandparent wisdom, we're probably your guys. Uh, first and third Thursdays, we're on summer break right now. So we'll start, I think, on the, I think it's the 15th uh, of September. We're going to head into Colossians together. And we've had a great time. So y'all would be welcome to join us. We also, with one or two other of the groups, do the Feed the Hungry as kind of our special project, missions project on the fourth Thursday. So we're in every other week as well. But y'all be welcome to come, join us, and have some fun. We do food once in a while too. And I'm Caitlin McGee. I am of the Borden McGee group, also known as the West Ashley group. So we are the one, the group for everybody who doesn't live around here, who, you know, you gotta cross, cross a couple bridges to get there. We're your group. Right now, we've got a pregnant couple and a couple with a baby, but, you know, we're open to everybody, so we don't really know what to expect. We've met once, and it was just us and the Bordens eating pizza and talking about traffic and golf, <laughs> of which none of us play golf except Rondia, so we meet the first and third Thursdays, but we are also not meeting until September 15th, and it's at my house. We have really comfortable couches. And a plastic pool that's really for the dogs. But, you know, if you want to sit in there, that's cool, too. Awesome. Would you thank God for their leadership in our church? Thank you all. That's good. Yep. yep. So everybody you just saw is going to be in the lobby uh, immediately following the service. If you're not connected in a community group, you can hear there's a variety of schedules, a variety of geographic locations. Um, there are uh, some life stage differences here and there. Our goal is that um, where we have leaders who are willing to lead, uh, we have groups that, that uh, sprout up there. And so there's a place for you uh, to get connected. And so, again, I know that this is not normative for us on Sunday mornings, but I hope that the time and energy we're putting into it conveys something of its importance. Our desire is to see every person at King's Cross connected in community with growing, strong relationships, serving in your areas of giftedness and passion and involved in a gospel-centered small group where those things can be nurtured. But for, for that to happen, you're going to have to make a conscious, intentional decision to prioritize getting connected in community. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for the season that we are in as a church. We're meeting new people all the time where we can see new relationships forming, where we see people stepping up to serve in ways that maybe they had not or we had not as a church before. We know that the best is always yet to come with you. Our eyes are on the kingdom. And our feet are firmly planted in the community that you have placed us in. And we know that as we scatter from here, life gets busy during the week and the world throws a whole lot of things at us. Some of us are anxious even now about the first meeting tomorrow morning. And we know that you're there. But we are thankful that you've given us relationships where we can get to know people and they can get to know us. We are thankful for people whose hearts and hands are engaged in the activity of the ministries 
that you've given to us. Would you make us a church where all kinds of people from all walks of life feel comfortable coming, where non-believers discover the gospel and come to a place of faith where people who were once not one of your people are now a part of your people where relationships are nurtured and, and grow and are strengthened for the sake of our joy in life for the sake even more of your kingdom and of your name in which we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the King's Cross Church Podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by the Word of God today. Take a moment to click the subscribe button on your screen, and you won't have to come searching for us next time. Until then, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.